You are listening to the Catholic Thinkers Podcast, a free treasury of instruction in the Catholic intellectual tradition. If you enjoy this lecture, please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate. This course is from our International Catholic University Classics Collection, originally recorded between 1995 and 2005. In this session, we want to complete our analyzation of the Apostles' Creed in Latin and then begin the final text that we're going to tackle in this course, namely the prologue of the Gospel of John. So in the Apostles' Creed, we left off kind of in the middle paragraph of the second part of the Creed. And this, this whole section of the Creed focuses on the second person of the Trinity, the Son of God. Passus sub pancio pilato, crucifixus mortuus et sepultus. Passus is the fourth principal part of the verb patior. It's a deponent verb. It has an irregular formation, so only three principal parts will be listed in the vocabulary. Patior, pati, passus, sum. But that third form, passus, sum, is the fourth principal part, really, the perfect passive participle. Having suffered, it's a deponent verb, so it, it's passive in form, but active in function or translation. Having suffered sub Poncio Pilato, under Pontius Pilate. The, ver, or the preposition sub takes the ablative case, so Pontio Pilato is ablative, the name is Pontius Pilatus, and it is declined as a second declension noun, both names. Having suffered under Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judea. Crucifixus, having been crucified. That is the fourth principal part of crucifigo, a third conjugation verb. Having been crucified, mortuus, having died, technically this is a perfect passive participle from the verb morior, but remember participles are verbal adjectives, and so died is a perfectly permissible translation. Having been crucified, dead and buried, sepultus, buried. The next clause begins, descendit ad inferos, he descended. Descendit is a perfect active indicative third singular from descendo. One of the confusing things about third conjugation verbs is that the third singular of the present and of the perfect are spelled the same. So technically this could be a present tense, he descends, but the context indicates that we're, we're describing past action, so that would suggest that this is a perfect tense. He descended Third singular, perfect, active indicative from descendo, unto 
the lower world or into hell. He descended into hell. Ad in ferros, unto the lower places, literally. Tertia die, that's an ablative phrase. Tertia die. Tertia is an adjective. Tertius aum, third. Die is the ablative singular from dies, die, masculine, day. Actually, it can be masculine or feminine, this noun, this fifth declension noun. Here it's feminine. Tertia reveals that. The adjective tertia is a feminine ablative singular ending. So, but the main verb of this clause is resurrexit. That is a third singular, perfect active indicative from resurgo. The verb resurgo, resurgere, resurrexi, resurrectus. He resurrected on the third day, a mortuis, from the dead. A plus ablative, so mortuis is ablative plural. The next clause, ascendit. Here again, in form, this could be a present active indicative third singular from ascendo ascendere. However, the context shows that, that it must be a perfect tense, perfect active indicative third singular. He ascended ad kailos unto heaven, unto the heavens. Sedet. What tense is that? The verb is sedeo, sedere. It's a second conjugation verb. This is a present tense, present active indicative. He sits, not he sat. He sits ad dexteram at the right hand. Dei patris omnipotentis. At the right hand, and by the way, you're really supplying the word hand, which would be manus or manum here. It's not technically dexteram, simply means right. It's an adjective. He sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. Dei is genitive singular from Deus, Dei masculine God. Patris is genitive singular from pater, patris, masculine father. And the adjective omnipotentis is genitive singular. It's a third declension adjective. Inde, from there, or whence, or from where. When torus est, here we have a future active participle. Venturus. The verb is venio, veniere, veni, ventus. The fourth principal part is ventus. To form the future active participle, which we looked at a few lessons ago, you go to the fourth principal part, ventus. Drop off the ending 
add UR and then add first and second declension endings. So this translates from where or whence he is going to come. Future active. Remember what the gladiators used to say when they entered the arena. Morituri te salutamus Caesar, we who are about to die. From which or where from where he is about to come. He is going to come. Udicare. That's an infinitive. A present infinitive from Udico. To judge. Vivos et mortuos. Those are accusative plurals. The living and the dead ones. So when he returns, he will judge those who are alive on earth at the time of his coming and those who have already died. And then the final clause of the Apostles' Creed focuses, at least to begin with, on the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, and then other essential matters of the Christian faith. Credo, I believe. First principal part of credo, credere, credidi, creditum. I believe in the Holy Spirit, in spiritum sanctum, in takes the accusative, can also take the ablative. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Credo governs everything else in this paragraph, by the way, and that's why everything else is in the accusative case. In the Holy Spirit, in the sanctam ecclesiam catholicam, in the Holy Catholic Church. You have two adjectives here, sanctam and catholicam. They are accusative, feminine, singular, and they modify the noun ecclesiam. Notice that they agree with that noun in case, number, and gender. Ecclesiam is from ecclesia, ecclesiae, feminine, church. A first declension noun. Sanctorum communionem. Now which, now what is the case of these words? Communionem is accusative. That's the object here. And the communion of the saints. Sanctorum is genitive plural. And communionem is accusative, feminine, singular. From communio, communionis, feminine, communion. Again, these are all the objects of credo. I believe in the communion of the saints. Sanctorum is an adjective that is being used as a substantive here, as a noun. I believe in remissionem peccatorum. The remission, there's the accusative, remissionem, of sins, peccatorum, genitive plural, from the noun peccatum, peccati, neuter, sin. Not to be confused with peccator, peccatoris, 
masculine sinner. Two different words. This one is from peccatum. Peccatorum is from peccatum. It's not from peccator. And then the next clause, carnis resurrectionem. The latter word is the accusative, the object of credo in. I believe in the resurrection, carnis, of the flesh. Carnis is genitive singular. Here. The resurrection of the flesh, that is, of the body. It's very interesting that the oldest form of the Apostles' Creed um, states belief in the resurrection of the flesh. It does not say body, but flesh. And then finally, vitam aeternam. You have to supply, once again, credo in. I believe in life eternal. Vitam is an accusative singular feminine from vita, vitae, life. And then aeternam is an adjective modifying that noun and it agrees with that noun in case, number, and gender. Feminine, accusative, singular. Amen. That's a Hebrew word and it means so be it. So we have concluded the Apostles' Creed. Now let us begin our most challenging reading of this course, the prologue of the Gospel of John. John chapter 1 verses 1 through 18. We'll spend the remaining time of this session and the final session in analyzing this text. Let us begin by looking at the vocabulary that is found in the prologue. Please repeat after me. Principium, principii, neuter, beginning. That's a second declension noun, neuter. Werbum, where be, neuter, word. Apud plus accusative with. Apud is a preposition, takes the accusative case. Deus, Dei, masculine, God. Omnis, omne, all. Third declension, adjective. Facio, facere, fake, factum, to do or make. Sine plus ablative, without. Sine qua non, without which not. Sine takes the ablative case. Nihil, nothing. That's a neuter noun, it's indeclinable, or it may have, it may have one or two possible declensions, certain cases are formed, but it's listed in, the, in a dictionary without any genitive normally. Vita, vitae, feminine life, a curriculum vitae, a course of life. Lux, lucus, feminine light, that is a third declension noun. 
homo hominis masculine man or human being. Tenebrae, tenebrarum, feminine plural, darkness. This word does not occur in the singular. Just like our word for darkness does not occur in the plural. Comprehendo, comprehendere, comprehendi, comprehensum, to comprehend. That also means to apprehend or grasp. Mito, mitere, misi, misum, to send. Those are third conjugation verbs. Venio, veniere, veni, ventum, to come. That's a fourth conjugation verb. I-R-E in the infinitive gives that away. Testimonium, testimonii, neuter, testimony. Per hebeo, per hebere, per hibui, per hibitus, to maintain or assert or claim or bear. That is a second conjugation verb. Lumen, luminous, neuter, light, another word for light, this time a neuter noun of the third declension. Credo, crater a, credidi, creditum, to believe. We're familiar with that verb. Per plus accusative, through. Per is a preposition that takes the accusative case. Illumino, illuminare, illuminawi, illuminatus, to enlighten. A first conjugation verb. Mundus, mundi, masculine, world. Cognosco, cognoscre, cognoi, cognitum, to know. Notice the variation in the spellings of those principal parts. How would you be able to recognize cognitus as coming from cognosco unless you had simply memorized the principal part? I don't know any way how you could know that. Proprius aum, one's own, that's an adjective. Recipio, recipere, recapi, receptum, to receive. Quote, quote, as many as. Autem, however. Accipio, accipere, accapi, acceptum, to receive, another word for receive. Potestas, potestatis, feminine, power, or authority. It's a third declension noun. Sanguis, sanguinis, masculine, blood. Notice the change in the spelling of the base of the noun in the genitive. Sanguinis. Weir, weary, masculine, man or husband. Habito, habitare, habitawi, habitatum, to dwell, inhabit. Unigenitus, unigeniti, masculine, only begotten. Veritas, veritatis, feminine, truth. 
clamo, clamare, clamawi, clamatum, to shout or call out. Post plus accusative, after. Prior, before. Ante plus accusative, before. Plenitudo, plenitudinous feminine fullness. Lex, legis, feminine law. Nemo, nemenis, masculine nobody. Um, quam, ever. Sinus, sinus, masculine bosom or fold or gulf or cavity. And that is a fourth declension noun. Notice the U.S. in the genitive. Enarro, enarare, enarawi, enaratum, to narrate or explain or tell. Okay, so those are the vocabulary words for the prologue of the Gospel of John. Now let's read the Latin text of John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. In principio errat verbum, et verbum errat apodeum, et Deus errat verbum. Hoc errat in principio apodeum. Omnia per ipsum facta sunt, et sine ipso factum est nihil. Quod factum est. In ipso vita errat, et vita errat lux hominum. Et lux in tenebris lucet, et tenebrae eam non comprehenderunt. Fuit hamo misus adeo, cui nomen errat Johannes. Hic venit in testimonium, Ut testimonium per hiberet de lumine, ut omnes crederent per ilum. Non errat ille lux, sed ut testimonium per hiberet de lumine. Errat lux vera, quae illuminat omnem hominem, veniens in mundum. In mundo errat, et mundus per ipsum factus est, et mundus eum non cognovit. In propria venit, et sui eum non recaperunt. Quot quot autem ac caperunt eum, dedit eis potestatem filios dei fieri, his qui credunt in nomine eos. Qui non ex sanguinibus, neque ex voluntate carnis, neque ex voluntate viri, sed ex Deo nati sunt, or an important textual variant, natus est. Verse 14. Et verbum caro factum est, et habitavit in nobis, et vidimus gloriam eos, 
gloriam quasi unigeniti a patre, plenum gratiae et veritatis. Johannes testimonium perhibet de ipso et clamat dicens. Hic errat quem dixi, qui post me venturus est, ante me factus est, quia prior me errat. Et de plenitudine eos nos omnes accepimus et gratiam pro gratia. Quia lex per mosin data est, gratia et veritas per Jesum Christum facta est. Deum nemo vidit umquam, unigenitus Deus, qui est in sinum patris, ipse e narrawit. So now let's begin our translation of the prologue of the Gospel of John. Verse 1, which, by the way, echoes the first verse of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, in the beginning. And that is, the author's intention is to recall for us the creation story when God created the world by speaking the world into existence. In principio erat verbum, et verbum erat apodeum, et Deus erat verbum. In the beginning was the word. Erat is third singular, imperfect indicative from sum. Remember sum esse fui futurum, the verb to be. Here's the imperfect form. Erat, he was, or it was. Actually, the subject here is verbum. In the beginning was the word. Et verbum erat apodeum. And the word was with God. Apod plus accusative. That's why deum is in the accusative there. And the word was with God. And deus erat verbum. The subject is verbum. Deus is the predicate of this statement, and the word was God. The author is introducing the doctrine of the Trinity in this passage. That is to say, in the beginning was the word. The word refers to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity. He existed, he was in the beginning. He was with God, that is to say, he was with God the Father. He is distinguished from God the Father, and yet he was God. That is to say, he shares the nature of God. He is one essence with God. This is a crucial text in theology and especially for the doctrine of the Trinity. In our next session, I'll explain to you why he is referred to as the Word, the Werbum, and then we will finish our translation of this magnificent passage from the New Testament. We hope you enjoyed listening to Catholic Thinkers. Please visit us at catholicthinkers.org forward slash donate to help us keep this content free.